my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my buddy, Drew Holden. Uh, always a good time talking to Drew. Y- you know Drew. You love him. Uh, it was a good time, as always. Oh, by the way, side note, I got Drew to admit uh, that we libertarians are right on uh, a multitude of different issues. So I think, you know, some, some major progress for, for my boy, Drew Holden, today, I think. Uh, but yeah, we, we covered, obviously, the Derek Chauvin verdict. Um, we talked about this, the latest uh, cop shooting in, in Columbus, Ohio, yesterday. Uh, we covered a lot. I, I think you guys will like it. Uh, before we get to Drew, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Drew Holden. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Drew Holden. Drew, how you been, man? Brady, my man, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing well. How you doing? Just hanging by a thread, brother. <laughs> no, <laughs> man, I've been, I've been well. That's probably a way to, to, to assess how I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. I've been good. Busy, but good. Um, so, not my favorite topic, but let's just jump into what everybody uh, wants, to, wants to discuss today. Um, Derek Chauvin. Uh, the cop accused of killing George Floyd was convicted of all charges, murder two, murder three, and second-degree manslaughter. Um, I definitely did not expect this. I probably mm-hmm. should have, and we'll get into why later. But um, you're, just before we really dive in, what, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I was certainly surprised, right? I think that I had, and I, I, I know a lot of people on, on probably both sides, but certainly for the, the, the folks who were, um, who were of the belief that Chauvin was guilty and needed to be found guilty— I, I saw it and I thought to myself, well, you know, these cases don't tend to stick against police officers. Um, it's really, really hard to get a guilty verdict against a police officer doing something in the line of duty. And so when I heard guilty on all three counts, I was like, oh, man, that was that was definitely not what my expectation was coming into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And like, I, I feel like I don't need to preface this or, or give any disclaimers. I think after 360 some odd episodes, my libertarian <laughs> street cred is, is, is out there yeah, enough. Exactly. But like, I, I'm typically, I'm no cop defender, man. I think policing needs to change in a lot of ways from, you know, eliminating police unions, obviously, you know, ending things like no knock warrants, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm a libertarian. I'd love to see policing privatized. And I, but I'm not even saying like Derek Chauvin was innocent. I think there's certainly a case that that he was guilty, and and maybe he was. And certainly, uh, I think manslaughter is a, a pretty easy case to make. But I don't really see how. And I'm no lawyer, man. So if I'm getting something wrong, I'm sure the the audience will blast me for it. But I I don't really see how either murder charge is relevant. Um, from everything I've read and everything I watched, I didn't see the prosecution prove intent, um, which is required yeah. for murder too, at least prove intent beyond a reasonable doubt, which is required for murder two. And then murder three doesn't even apply here. I don't even know why uh, the judge allowed uh, allowed the murder three charge. That would mean Chauvin uh, wanted to kill people, but didn't care who. So like murder three would be like yeah. driving a car into a crowd or shooting a gun into a crowd or you know, throwing cinder blocks off of like an overpass under the express sure. or something like that. That's murder three. So it's like, I, 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 I don't, 
know how the judge even allowed that charge, let alone um, a, a guilty verdict on, on murder three. That that kind of you know that that tingles my spidey sense a little bit. I, I don't like that at all. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting too. I think you know from uh, the the listen. I won't I won't pretend to know all of the ins and outs of libertarian theory as I, I'm sure we have discussed before. I don't I don't necessarily fancy myself one, but I, I think I probably agree with you on most of the criminal justice issues. Like it's I don't know, don't don't tell my Twitter followers, but I think I, I do lean pretty libertarian on on most um, most most police issues. And it's I think it's tough to be able to say, hey, agent of state um, acting with lethal force and taking a life that is bad. But then also on the flip side of that, looking at things like charging decisions and looking at things like guilty verdicts. Um, and I think it's always, it seems to me like it would be difficult to be satisfied with that decision if there's a concern around overcharging Yeah. or just inaccurate charging. Yeah. I mean, like, look, I wasn't on the jury and I'm not a lawyer. Like I'm, I don't, I'm not even talking about guilt or innocence, like whether or not yeah. this guy deserves to be in prison. Like the jury decided that, you know, he should go to jail. So he's going to jail like that. that that's not even what I'm, what I want to talk about, but it's like, for me, the biggest takeaway from yesterday um, is that the left is bragging. Yeah. The politicians and the, and the the protesters and the the press, especially the press, um, they're bragging about how they're rioting and they're looting and their threats of violence um, influence the outcome of the case, and and that seems not great. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If, yeah, if politicians can say to jurors. Hey, nice life you have there. It'd be a shame if journalists doxed you and rioters murdered your family. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, it, what does that mean if it's open season on jurors from the left? I mean, I, that seems pretty terrifying to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, we have, you know, it wasn't just like a bunch of irresponsible protesters who were ever doing this, right? We had Maxine Waters go down there and say that the, the protesters need to get more confrontational. You're the president of the United States before the verdict was announced saying that there is a clear and obvious right verdict to this, you know, like these, it, it, it feels icky, I think in a lot of ways, um, because you've, you've got this system that in a, an ideal world should be immune from political pressures, but particularly in the age of television and social media, it so obviously isn't. And the fact that so many people who should be more responsible can't keep their Twitter fingers quiet or can't keep their mouth shut before before a verdict is rendered, and in, incredibly, you know, one with explosive potential, it's so bad. It's it, like it, it is so fundamentally bad, and it says bad things about where we are right now as a country. And I think any future cases we have, what like all of these are going to be wrapped up in that same sort of aura that is a really, really bad and dangerous one. With with Maxine Waters' comments, I I don't even know what she means by get more confrontational, right? I right. mean, like last summer, Black Lives more Matter. More than burning buildings. Yeah, well, right, I mean, they killing people. I they don't... killed like what eight or nine people, innocent people. Yeah, that sounds right. So they stacked up bodies. They caused something like two or three billion dollars worth of property mm -hmm. damage, and they literally took over entire city blocks by force. So, like, what's more, like nukes? <laughs> like nuclear yeah, weapons exactly. would be more confrontational, I, I suppose. You want Black Lives Matter to ha get some tanks or what? Like. Yeah, yeah, give them give them some F-18s. Like I, I don't know what's more right. confrontational than murder and like literal armed insurrection where you're taking over city blocks. Like that's truly it makes it it makes you think of that scene. I don't know if you've seen the movie. It's a great one, so I assume you have. It makes you think of that scene in iRobot where you have the humans who are charging against like this army of robots with yeah. like guns and and chains and stuff to attack them. Like that's like th that would be an escalation. Um, I mean, if they if they showed up in like a phalanx with spears, that would be that would be more <laughs> confrontational, I suppose. But like it, 
I, it's not like they're, you know, they're not shrinking violets on these issues. And so the idea that what we actually need as a country is more hostility, more confrontation. Um, I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get how anyone can get it. And just one more note on, on the Chauvin trial and verdict. I just, it's just hard. It's hard for me to not doubt. And this is regardless, it's just a side note. I'm not even talking about whether or not the guy was innocent or guilty. I, I, it's hard not to doubt the, the motives of the jury. I mean, like, once again, they unanimously, unanimously voted mm-hmm. to convict on a murder charge that doesn't even remotely apply to this case. And did so quickly. And did you so quickly. You know what quickly. I mean? Like, it was, what, 11 hours of, of, of deliberation? And the thing is, I don't blame them for saving themselves. I mean, like, wow. I, I, I don't blame them. I mean, you and I might have done the same thing. Like, dude, you know that the New York Times would have doxed them. You know the yeah, press would the have thing. doxed these people. They would have had to, you know, there was... They would have been killed. They probably would have yeah. been killed or been forced to, like, go to Canada or something. They'd probably have to flee the country. They'd be a witness protection, right? Like, there's... Yeah. I, I think what, what really... One of the ones that really got, got under my skin was there was um, a local paper um, who who put out, like, pretty detailed information about the jurors and, and the alternate jurors. And obviously, they don't have names, so they can't, they can't print the names. But, like, a lot of details in terms of demographics and age and what they do for a living and, like, what their hobbies are. And I looked at it, and I was like, man, a smart person with ill intentions could definitely look at the data of at least three or four of these people and and figure out a way to narrow it down pretty quickly like it was it was like one shade away from doxing i remember i looked at it and i was like this is obviously on its on its face this is bad and 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 problematic but to me what's really concerning and what's really the issue is this is a there was a newsroom that looked at this and at no point did someone step back and say hey maybe we don't do this Maybe the fundamental anonymity of people serving on juries is important. And even if we're not giving their names, maybe we shouldn't mess with this. At no point did that come into the equation, seemingly. Um, and the fact that we're the fact that we're moving in that direction, I think, yeah, it does make it very clear that had this decision gone the other way, then there would be someone at the New York Times or the Daily Beast or wherever who is finding a way to figure out this person's name, date of birth, address, you name it. 30 minutes before the Chauvin verdict was read, there was another police shooting, this time in Columbus, Ohio. Um, Drew, this was, and here's me, Mr. Libertarian, defending the cops again. <laughs> but yeah. The, this was the cleanest cop shooting in the history of both shootings and cops. Okay, yeah. like, for anybody that missed the video, but don't, I hate that these videos come out, by the way. I mean, I'm glad that the videos come out. I'm glad that you know, body cam videos exist, it would be much worse if agents of the state could just, you know, kill people in secret. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not totally. saying, but I'm just, I'm tired. I, I, I keep clicking on these things, not knowing that I'm going to see a human being die, you know? And yep, it's yep. like, I'm, I'm actively trying to avoid watching these videos because it's like taking a toll on me, man. I'll be honest with you. Like I, I, you know, I accidentally saw a 13 year old shot and killed on Twitter the other day when I, and I didn't know what I was clicking on. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, yeah. so for anybody that hasn't seen, um, this video, uh, uh, everybody involved was black. Both girls were black. A teenage girl uh, tried to murder another teenage girl with a knife. She was, like, yeah. in mid-murder. <laughs> the would-be murderer was in mid-knife swing at, the, at right. the other girl's stomach. She was literally inches from slaughtering this poor girl. And a cop uh, showed up and shot and killed the would-be murderer. Okay, like, right. this is the, the, the clear-cut justified... I mean, this is, like... It was a heck of a shot. I mean, like, he was a good marksman. He, he put down the murderer and, and didn't hurt any innocent bystanders, anything like that. It was a heck of a shot. 
Um, yeah. The left is very upset. They're upset about this. But Democratic politicians, including my senator, Sherrod Brown, uh, as yeah. well as the entire corporate press, they're very upset. Apparently, they wanted an innocent black teenager slaughtered on the street in broad daylight. Like, I it's truly just, don't yeah. understand. And, and I mean, I, I think that's, you know, it's a really good point, because when you watch the video, it is like either live speed, slow-mo, whatever. It is impossible to look at it and think that another outcome would have made more sense. Right. And so, yeah, you shared Brown three hours ago. So this is after the body cam footage comes out, tweeted and said, while the verdict was being read in the Derek Chauvin trial, Columbus police shot and killed a 16 year old girl. Her name was Makia Bryant. She should be alive right now. Hashtag Makia Bryant. Like, listen, is this a tragedy? Yes. Obviously, a teenage girl was killed. That tragic. And I, I worry that sometimes we, we conservatives can, can gloss over the, the individual tragedies in these things and our rush to kind of attack the media for their bad framing. Um, but at the end of the day, like, should she be alive right now? Yes, absolutely. Was, was she failed along the way? 100 percent. Was any of that failure from the police officer who prevented her from killing another uh, another teenager? Uh, I don't know how anyone could look at that and think that that's the case. No, you can't. You can't. Like, I don't. I, I don't it's understand. It's just so obviously in yeah. bad faith, right? There's there's a rush, I think, in, in all of these. You know, I, I I'm sure this will this will probably pique your libertarian sentiments, but <laughs> I'm uh, I'm someone who really doesn't like the framing officer involved shooting, right? Like I think it that one of the things that probably doesn't get enough attention is the level of deference to police officers and law enforcement to tell the story of yeah. confrontations between civilians and the police. I think Absolutely. that's one of the big problematic things that, that lead into all these other bad outcomes. Yes. But uh, I mean, but because I don't have another word for it, I'll, I'll use it. Um, you know, when we have, whenever we have an officer involved shooting, there's always this rush to fit it very neatly into a particular narrative. Um, and the fact that that happened before we have the body cam footage is bad. The fact that that hasn't changed after we have body cam footage that very obviously shows something that dashes the narrative that people are trying to cram this into is so fundamentally irresponsible. It's just the narr- it's just breaking down though. I mean the argument just it has it has nothing. I'm like the thing is I mean forget the fact that this guy was even a cop. Like if you yeah. if you if you are a gun owner, if you're a legal gun owner and and you see a murder taking place, <laughs> like whether you're a cop or not, if you see somebody trying to kill somebody else with a knife, it's your moral responsibility as a man. Yeah, it's your it's your responsibility as a man, as an American, as a Christian, as a, as a good human being. It is your moral responsibility to shoot that person. It is your responsibility as a grown man to put down yeah. that murderer. Okay, like that's why that's why men are like bigger and stronger than women and stuff like because like they, that's our job. That's why we're on this earth is to protect like women and children. Okay, that's like what you do. Yeah. <laughs> like I I just don't if if you disagree with this shooting, like anybody, Sherrod Brown or anyone else, let, I might I'll probably get in trouble for this, but let me know if I'm missing something because I I I literally can't I can't come to another conclusion other than if you disagree yep. with this shooting, I have to assume you simply believe that black Americans should be allowed to do whatever they want up to and including murder, right? Like, it should be the purge, but every single day and only for black people. Okay, like, because this was the cleanest kill of all time. I mean, like, this was like a good shot. I mean, to quote Filter, hey, man, nice shot. Seriously, good shot. Great marksmanship. You saved an innocent teenager's life. Like, am I, what am I supposed to assume about the motives of the people that would disagree with this shot other than they just simply don't want law enforcement 
to stop black people from doing anything. Or they just fundamentally don't care, right? And that's the thing that I can't shake is that they are they are disinterested in the actual experience of all of these individuals. They, they truly, in their bones, cannot be brought to care about these sorts of things. And that's so bad, right? Fundamentally, fundamentally so bad. And I think one of the things, and I think this, you know, this, the, the shooting is, it, it does this in a way that a lot of the, it seems to be happening a lot lately. We've, there's a certain segment, I think, of on the left and among the media who have seemingly lost interest in disaggregating um, justified shootings and non-justified shootings. And when we lump every person killed by the police together as if they are, they, they are no different, then that doesn't actually account for the facts on the ground. It doesn't actually account for what's going on. And it's, it, I think at the end of the day, it's going to detract from any effort to improve justice in terms of civilian police relationships, particularly in minority communities. Because when you put on the blinders that way, and you, you stop reckoning with the reality of being a police officer, then you're truly, truly just kicking the, the cops under the bus and said, it doesn't matter what you do, no matter what you do, we're going to come for you. There's no justification. Even if you're doing your job, um, we're, we're going to hate you for it. And, and we're going to make your, your life and your compatriots' lives miserable as a result. There was a bunch of blue check leftists on Twitter last night, unironically making the point, like their hot take was, that black teenagers stab each other all the time and they should just, the cops should just let them do it because that's what black teenagers do. It's like, that is the most racist thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, that's not, yeah. like, that's Kathy not, Griffin, uh, I think, was one of them. It's like, oh, yeah. it's just a little knife fight. Like, what? A little what? knife fight. That's not, like, I, I the, the left always has this, you know, the, what, what's that, uh, what did, how did Condoleezza Rice put it? The soft bigotry of low expectations. Yes. With, yep, with black yep. people. But that's not soft. That's not the soft bigotry of low expectations. That is just straight up racism to say that right. black teenagers are so stupid. They can't help or they're so evil or something that they, they, they can't help but stab each other with knives. It's like, what? What are you talking? Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, I, it goes, it goes like, have so you ever met far a black person? My exactly. goodness. Like, yeah, no, it's it is it, it's shameful, right? And it's it, it's the type of shameful that because they are they're doing it and saying it in a way that they think is is going to resonate with their audience, they never get pushback for. And it's absurd. Like it, like all you have to do is look at the words that they're saying, and it is it is a ridiculous, fundamentally racist thing to say. And yet there's not there's there's no push, there's no issue, there's no nothing. Like what a coastal elitist, ridiculous yeah. thing to say. You know what I mean? Like that is right. so bizarre. Like, dude, I'm from Toledo, Ohio, brother. Like, Toledo, yeah. Ohio is half white and half black. Every school, every church, every job I've ever been to is pretty much split between blacks and whites, okay? Like, yeah. you don't say something like that if you have black friends. I'm sorry. Like, if you yeah. like if you know yeah. any black people, you you, <laughs> and you're a good person, you don't say things like, oh, you know, black teenagers just stab each other, the cops should let. It's like, come on. Like what are we doing? And like the the fascinating thing over this past year too, with, with all these these cop shootings and stuff, is that the press and the left, I mean, they're completely incapable of any nuance at all, right? Like they treat every single case as exactly the same, and that like every right. any time a cop pulls the trigger on a gun, he's a racist murderer. I mean, like yep. even in the George Floyd case, like you know J Derek Chauvin's probably gonna die in prison, you know, he's going away for the rest of his life, but like they, there was no evidence at all that i've seen that he was a racist like right. yeah right. they weren't even trying to make that case you know what i mean so and like jacob blake and george floyd these two cases happened at the same time like george floyd was unarmed jacob blake was armed 
and yep. they were both treated the exact same, right? <laughs> right? And so like George Floyd, uh, unarmed. Jacob Blake, armed. This girl in Columbus yesterday, armed with a knife, attempting to murder somebody. <laughs> All yeah. three are the exact same, right? There's no daylight yeah, exactly. between the three of them. Like, how does that? That's not sustainable. Exactly, it's not sustainable, and it tramples the memory of people like George Floyd, who, like George Floyd, and plenty of other people killed by police officers, who there is no justica- justification for their death, yeah. right? And like it's w- when you do that, it really, really does trample on individual memories, I think, and and, and it it delegitimizes and and just makes small what happened to people, and the fact that these things continue to happen. These are the issues we need to be addressing, and if if you I think by rushing to try and lump the, all the bad guys in together, right? Because at the end of the day, these people just don't like cops and they don't like the institutional, the institution of the police. And they think it's a racist evil system to send her from Jim Crow, blah, 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 blah. And so they look at all of them as bad. And by doing that and by by going all ACAB on so many of these issues, what they're going to do is distract from the actual solvable issues that currently exist within policing. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I talked about uh, on Monday, I was kind of just complaining <laughs> to start the podcast <laughs> on Monday about how I hate talking about this stuff. You know what I mean? And obviously we had to. I mean, if we didn't, you know, if we didn't talk about this is the you know most famous murder trial, you know, at least since like OJ, right? In the early yeah. 90s. And yeah, so obviously if, if we didn't talk about it, the audience would be like, all right, what's wrong with Brady? But like, <laughs> dude, and this is what I mentioned on the podcast on Monday, like, I hate that we are so obsessed with these essentially local news stories. You know yeah. what I mean? Because that's what these are. They're local news stories. I mean, we can talk about police reform. You know, actually, I thought the Republican police reform bill from last year was pretty solid. That was a, a sponsored by Tim Scott of South Carolina. The Democrats actually filibustered it, um, so they actually don't care yep. about police reform. But like, I, I, that, that's a worthy topic to discuss. Like, I, that's that's important. You know, a lot of good points on both sides of those issues. But like these individual local news stories. I mean, dude. When we've been so focused on these local news stories, inflation is starting to explode right in front of us. The Russians and the Chinese mm-hmm. are both getting more aggressive with their neighbors in the last week. Joe Manchin yep. just came out and said he supports a Senate bill, uh, which will probably pass now, which would effectively end the gig economy instantly, putting tens of millions <laughs> right. of people out of work. Also, the press and the left have already transitioned to using COVID lockdowns as an example of what the state should do to stop climate change. Okay, so that is yep. what they have been doing. That is what they— they have been doing the elites, the press, the government. That's what they have been doing when we've been focusing on a justified cop shooting in Columbus and uh, a, a murder trial in Minnesota that was probably influenced by the press and, and the Democrats. OK, so like there's way bigger issues going on right now that we're not like we're not talking about it. And it's not just me because right, there's no oxygen. I know. Right. Like at the, at the end of the day, it, it these, these discussions and conversations that are. Difficult and nuanced, and uh, like obviously none of these are the perfect case to try and push police reform. They take away from any of the actual efforts more broadly to achieve change, either on this issue or, like you said, everything else going on in the world right now that, that deserves some attention. I mean, the entire Democratic Party wants to make Uber illegal. It's <laughs> insane. And there's no, I, I, there's and there's not a zero percent chance Ukraine and Taiwan won't exist in a year. Yep. I mean, like, yeah, exactly. if we're not talking about that, nobody's talking yeah, exactly. about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like Russia it's just... tried to kick out the U.S. ambassador like two days ago. Yeah, man. And and he just didn't leave. And at, yeah. at no point is, is that even like not only is that not front page news, that's like bottom page news. Yeah. And it's just weird. Like I, I was I was telling my wife this like I did not 
I did not get into political commentary four and a half years ago to talk about local police shootings. It's, yeah. I, I'm not trying to sound like a dick. It's not that I don't care, man. Like, I pray for every single one of these families that lose somebody, whether it was a justified shoot or not. I mean, it's still tragic, you know? Like, Yeah, exactly. It's not that I don't care, but it's like, man, <laughs> is this the best use of our time? You know, like, I really wish you and I were talking about something completely different today. You know what I mean? But we we obviously can't because nobody would listen <laughs> if we right. did. Yeah, but exactly, it's like, exactly. Yeah, it's the only it's, news. The only okay. news in the world. Uh, it's the top— the top three stories on ESPN right now are all related to this case. ESPN. ESPN. Mm-hmm. The, the, sports. What are we doing? How? Uh, my gosh. They have, like, the NFL draft next week, and they're just talking about George Floyd. It's ESPN, yeah. man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, oh, man. Goodness. Yeah. And it's, like, I don't know. The, the other story that I think hasn't gotten any attention at all is the Russian bounties. The hoax completely imploded, <laughs> right? Like we're, we're we're a week after that happening, and no, like at, at no point did that crack. Like there were a few stories where it was like American Intel walks back, blah 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 blah. Like 15 seconds in the news cycle, I was like, do you guys do realize that for a, almost a year, right, from June until a couple of days ago, this was the only like the entire campaign cycle. The only thing that kept coming up is how somehow supposedly. Donald Trump knew that Vladimir Putin had put bounties on U.S. service members to the Taliban, and that mm-hmm. was the gospel truth, and it was the only thing that mattered for months. Look, I know you don't and like libertarian. I know you don't like libertarians, but you do have to admit that we've been right on a lot of this stuff because you oh remember God, yes. when yes. you remember when, and this is why we all just called BS, and I'm sure you did as well. Mm-hmm. You remember when the press concocted the Russian bounty story? It was the day that Donald Trump said that he made a deal to pull the troops out of Afghanistan. It was that day. Yeah. And then yep. we're all like, it was huh? Interesting. Interesting yeah. leak from U.S. Intel. Huh. Weird. If only Un- a president. Unsourced, unverified. Yeah. If only a president in the 1950s who won World War II warned us about the unwarranted <laughs> influence of the military-industrial complex or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. God, you guys. I, I. I'll be honest. You libertarians are really getting me on more and more issues, and I think that the <laughs> I've become I've become radically more non-interventionalist, particularly in the Middle East in, in recent years, and this bounties thing is a, a a big part of why. I mean, I saw it. I was like. It's just it, so it just, brazen. It's it, so brazen. It was, it was so obviously false off the bat. And then there was, I think it probably came out, I don't know, maybe four or five months ago now, there was a, like an NBC report or something where they went and they talked to the generals who were investigating it. And they were like, yeah, we got no evidence. There's <laughs> nothing. There's nothing here. Um, we'll, we'll keep digging, but we haven't found anything. Completely blew over. No one paid attention. Didn't stop anyone. Matto went out there again saying this stuff is gospel. And it's just... It's insane. There's no accountability. I mean, there's no, like, can you imagine? My goodness. I I mean, (laughs) these people, and it's so funny, man. Like, there isn't, like, we, at least, well, if there were any kind of intelligence briefings that somewhat even justified any of these claims, they weren't made public. So it's like, you know, the press, they can just make things up out of thin air. <laughs> I mean, it was mm-hmm. just a, no, we don't want the troops out of Afghanistan, or at least at the very least, um, we don't want Donald Trump to get credit for it, so we're going to make up an excuse to keep us right. tied in Afghanistan. And then as soon as Joe Biden says he wants the troops out, uh, actually looking back, uh, that story was BS. It's like, come on, man. It's, yep. they're, they're so brazen with their lies. I think that's like the offensive part. They're so 
They're exactly. so obvious. But they're not even trying to hide the game. They're not hiding the ball here at all. You know, it's like, ugh. And at, at, at no point does anyone bother to go back and say, eh, you know, we got that one wrong. We screwed up. Because I think one of the one of the big things that gets lost in all of this is the only way that this is going to get better, the, like the only way we were going to get better media reporting in this country is if the media is able to look inwardly and look back at the sorts of things that they've done and sort out why they have been wrong in what directions and how to avoid doing that in the future. Like, I don't know, trusting government sources from CIA or whomever to leak this, this, this BS information and running with it as if it's true and then fake confirming it because they also like the same person talked to this, some other outlet talked to the same source or whatever. Like these, these are bad things. They are, and they, they, they expose a lot of rot. I think just institutional rot across the media. And no, we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to breeze right past it. It's going to blow over. It's just going to happen again in another couple of months, whenever the next, the next version of the story is. Yeah. I mean, like journalists just need to be fired. I mean, when's the last time a journalist was fired for a legitimate reason? I mean, Dan, yeah, Rath- I, Dan Rather, but that was what, 15 years ago. I mean, like journalists yeah, exactly. get fired, but only because like their colleagues at the New York Times, like dig up some instance of them like saying the n-word 25 years ago or something and then they'll get fired for that but it was the new york times guy like he uh he he used the n-word on a school chaperone trip but it was like asking the kid if it was the n-word yeah but but it was like it wasn't he wasn't using the n-word or anything like that yeah a journalist would get fired for that but just lying just making up random nonsense you could just exactly. you get promoted. I mean, you you fail upwards if you're yeah, exactly. a part of the corporate press. It's it's disturbing. Exactly, and I think it's actually going the wrong direction, right? Like I think that the last the, the last time I can remember individual journalists being fired for writing something that wasn't true was there were three journalists from CNN who were fired um, uh, uh, on a, a RussiaGate story, right? Like they they invented a connection between Donald Trump Jr. and Russia. That wasn't wasn't sourced, wasn't verified, didn't meet any of their standards and rushed to publish it. And they all got let go. But I don't think any other heads rolled since then. Right. That was back in probably 2017. And I don't think there, there have been heads that have rolled since then for this kind of stuff. I mean, you can even look at something like Caliphate, that podcast The New York Times put out. Um, about with like a, an ISIS fighter that I think it won, I don't know if it won a Pulitzer or it won some big award. And then it comes out, the whole thing was made up. Their source was, their, their source was bullshit. Wait, what? I, I haven't even real. heard of this. Oh yeah. This is a great story. This is, this is a, this is a deeper dive <laughs> conversation. But so the New York times had a, a podcast called Caliphate that was an interview with an ISIS fighter oh, no. who had like fled to Canada or something. And, and so they were, they were doing an interview to kind of tell the story of ISIS and what, what ISIS is doing. And it was gripping. It was moving. It was, you know, part of the part of the interesting tension was how much like was this a shaky narrative like should we actually believe everything this isis fighter is telling us and um but like the new york times pushed ahead with it and said yeah like this is why we believe this person is believable turns out not only was it were there aspects of it that weren't believable the whole thing was made up it was completely (laughs) invented so they they pull the podcast they issue a retraction they're like hey yeah sorry everything we just presented is true isn't true but like, yeah, I think that I almost 100% sure they won a Pulitzer. And if it wasn't a Pulitzer, it was another prestigious prize. And, and the journalists involved in it are all still there. The producer is still there. Right? That's so like, funny, man. At, at no point is there anything close to accountability on this, despite the And like, they, I'm sure it reaped them a ton of money. They got all this great press about it. They pushed it super, super hard. And at no point has there been some measure of accountability to sit back and say, ooh, maybe that's bad. Maybe if we tell a story to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, and all of it is invented by our enemies 
and we feed it, we put it, we mainline it directly into the in, into the American bloodstream. Maybe that's bad. Maybe we should step back and think about how stories come to fruition for us. That is hilarious. <laughs> but like, yeah, it, that's funny too. And and this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And and you mentioned how the press is going in the wrong direction, and that's absolutely right. And I think evidence that the press is going in the wrong direction is that they lie instinctually. It's like they lie about things that they don't need to lie about. <laughs> right. So it's like yeah, it's, it's not even <laughs> it's not even like beneficial professionally or politically to them, but they they can't help it. Like they yeah. just don't know how to tell the truth. And let's say and some leftist politicians are like this too. And maybe one of the best examples is Elizabeth Warren with the Native American stuff. It's like there's just no reason. It's like you're a senator from Massachusetts. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, there's just no reason to just lie about being an Indian. <laughs> That's not. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You went to Harvard and stuff. Like, you're rich and right. you went to Harvard and you're a senator. Like, there's just no reason to lie. But they just lie on instinct. I think it's yeah. like they've forgotten. It's been so long since they've said something factual that they just don't know. They don't remember how to anymore. Right, and it it doesn't matter. It does. It doesn't actually enter into the equation for how it's important to tell a story, right? It's always narrative first. Yeah. And so if it happens to be true as a secondary point, then so be it. But it obviously isn't the primary focus for a lot of these people. Yeah. And like, that's like, that goes back to, you know, and we'll wrap up here, but like the, the, the weird part watching the Derek Chauvin, you know, verdict come in yesterday. I, I'm like, I feel like I'm the only one saying this. I'm like, but wait, one of the two murder charges doesn't even apply, and nobody's even talking about that. It's like it's not relevant to the case at all, and not a single journalist has brought that up, at least to the best of my knowledge. I know like a few yeah. conservative and libertarian con- commentators have been like, well, this is kind of weird. Like, why would a judge even allow this? This doesn't even apply to like a cop killing like this, you know? And so, it's, yeah. <laughs> and like nobody's even curious. They just go along, like, because it's guilty of all charges. All charges. Well, what if all the charges, yeah. what if they just convicted him of just random stuff too like yeah, that's all they wanted they, like joe biden said we want him to be guilty of all charges it's like okay well what does that mean like so yeah just facts be damned like just all you know all charges right. even if they don't apply to this case like that's so bizarre to me that like the the truth the facts just aren't even i mean it's not even an afterthought it's not a thought at all to these people yeah yeah it's, it's really not and again like it's it really speaks to the power of the narrative in these sorts of situations because there's a, there there is some sort of moral compunction that is guiding these people along in terms of the way they feel about this case, but in in doing so they lose the particulars and the specifics, right? And I our our legal system is not set up for collective guilt or collective no. innocence, and it's not set up for you know the the confirmation of individual narratives, even if they're right and true and morally just and whatever. Like there are like these are like it's the nitty gritty, it's the specific, and that, I mean there's so much commentary to of like oh I can't believe it took a year to convict Chauvin. I was like, are you what? Like what are we gonna do? Like vigilante justice the guy as soon as somebody sees the video? It's it's just it's it's an insane departure from um, like I don't know the one thing in this country that we should be able to to hang our hat on. And I know this is this is foolish to even pretend, but like the one thing we should really earnestly be endeavoring to depoliticize 
Uh, we have found a way to just inject with rabid partisan politics, and everyone's going to lose as a result of that. I mean, it's just communism, though, right? Isn't that the influence on communism on the American left? I mean, that's that is a communist idea that people aren't individually guilty of anything. It's just a, it's a class, yeah. you know, it's class, right? Oh yeah, it's a class. It's, yeah, it's, it's, well, if you're rich, exactly. you must it's be killed. You're, you're a cop, well. you must be killed. Like entire classes of people are guilty just because of their class. And I think that's it's not you know the rich versus the poor really because there's a lot of rich leftists that don't want to be killed. But it's like you know if you're a capitalist, if you're a let's say a cop or, or whatever Republican, <laughs> you're just you're guilty. Yeah. You're guilty regardless of the of the truth. Right. It's not worth thinking about beyond the the you know the the, the sort of defining characteristics of an individual. Yeah. Drew, hopefully we have some uh, cheerier slash more you know broad <laughs> yeah, topics. Like I, I hate these specific little you know stories we have to cover, you know. But um, yeah, man, it's always fun uh, talking to you. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Where can everybody uh, read your stuff and follow you online and keep in touch? Absolutely, great pleasure's mine. I'm I, I'm sure we'll be chatting soon. I, I I don't think I want to prognosticate about whether or not the the future is going to be particularly bright anytime soon. But uh, best. <laughs> Best way, at least for the time being, to find me remains on Twitter. Uh, it's just Drew Holden 360, and and any new writing and other things I'm working on will will, will be easily found there. Everybody follow Drew. He's great. I'm sure there's another uh, thread uh, dropping soon, as always. Uh, and that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. <laughs>